truth is, I am Iron Man. Lieutenant Dan! Inconceivable! I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to Flicks and Clicks. My name is Micah, and today I'm going to be talking about a couple of things that are very near and dear to my heart. Star Wars and the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And I'm joined by nobody else, just me this week, for your very special listening pleasures. So, I'm here, I'm by myself, Jordan is busy, Keelan is stuck currently in Scotland, that's a fact, that's for real, that really is happening, he's stuck in Scotland, poor guy. Um, I guess there's worse places to be stuck. But still, by himself in Scotland. So be thinking about uh, Keelan right now. Poor guy. Well, hey, <clears throat> it's good to be here with y'all. I haven't seen a whole lot of good movies lately. There's some good ones coming out um, in May and this summer and stuff like that. So we've got some cool stuff ahead. We're going to be reviewing um, the couple Marvel movies that are coming out Um Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and then a little ways after that, we're going to be reviewing the new Thor Love and Thunder movie. Um, What is it with trailers and old, awesome rock songs? Love and Thunder had Sweet Child of Mine as it, the thing, as their song, and then I was watching a trailer for Stranger Things Season 4, and that one was Separate Ways by Journey. It's just like, man, I'm just so glad that we've come such a long way from the gunshots to the beat, um, you know, gunshots to the beat of the trailer times. I'm so glad we're done with that because that was terrible. It was pretty terrible. It was the worst, to be honest with you. So I'm glad that that's over, and I'm glad now that we're just recycling old, really awesome rock songs and putting them to trailers. I think it works. So anyway, yeah, excited for the Obi-Wan show. We're excited for... Excuse me. Just had a bunch of Taco Bell, so that might happen again. Um, But I'm also excited for... um, Let's see, I said Obi-Wan... Uh, Stranger Things 4, a couple other things I'm excited for. The Northmen that just came out. I'm not reviewing that today, but I have not seen it yet. I'd like to see that one. Um, uh, My wife has a um, celebrity crush on Alexander Skarsgård, so we might have to see that one. And then what else? There's a couple other things that I can't remember. But anyway, um, looking forward to all that stuff. So, today I'm going to be reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Secrets of Dumbledore with all of y'all. And it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a great old, splendid, wonderful little uh, time. It's probably going to be a shorter episode. Um, There's not a whole lot to talk about for this movie. But before we go that route, we're going to go into the gaming realm for a little bit and talk about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So, Lego Star Wars came out, like, in 2005, 2007, 2005. I'm pretty sure it was earlier than that. It might have been, like, on PS2 and the original Xbox. 
pretty sure they also ported it to Wii. Anyway, the Lego games have been around for like a million years. And they had made the Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, I think is what it was called, that had um, episodes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 on them. But obviously that came out before 7, 8, and 9 were even movies. So um, Lego Star Wars has been around for a very long time. And uh, yeah, so... My anticipation for this game, for the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga Saga game, was just, uh, well, it was like, I, I was like, okay, it could, could be cool, another cool Lego game, I guess that's fine, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't, I don't really know, um, it's probably just gonna be the same thing, but they're adding 789 to it, and Maybe they'll add a couple other things and it'll have pretty graphics, you know, as pretty as you can get with a Lego game and all that good stuff. Um, little did I know that this game would uh, rock. It's it's actually really great. Um, I've been having a blast. Excuse me. Just get comfortable here. I've been having a blast um, enjoying this game. One of the coolest parts about the Lego games is how you can just jump in and jump out. I I love that. There's aspects of the game that you can just play solo and aspects of it that you could use two people, but you don't have to. So there's always, you know, like if your friend is like playing Lego Star Wars with you and they're like, oh, shoot, I have to go to the bathroom. Usually what you do is you'd pause the game, right? Well, you don't have to do this. He can he or she can drop out of playing and then you who are not going to the bathroom can continue playing the level. And then when they come back, they push one button and boom, they're playing again. It's like the coolest thing. Why don't other games do this? I just don't get it. But this, this game, um, I started seeing the reviews for it and just, it was kind of blowing people out of the water and, I haven't seen like a lot of buzz for any Lego game like for 10 years. And so seeing all the buzz for this game, I was kind of uh, taken aback by that. I kind of just thought, oh, it'll probably just show up and then people won't really care about it. And then people will play it and it'll be like, oh, cool. Another cool Lego game. Like they used to release them like every single year. There's like Lego Batman and Lego Marvel and Lego Harry Potter Lego Indiana Jones and Lego Jurassic Park and Lego, I don't even know, Lego Go to the Bathroom. I don't know. There's probably Lego <laughs> Lego games for everything. Um, but this Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga game, Saga game that just came out here a few weeks ago, it's it's better than it needs to be. Like, there's no way, reason that it should be this good. It's 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 real nice. It really is. It's, it's really, there's no way it should be this good. You know... Video games for me lately have been just kind of relaxing. Like, I just relax. I haven't really been able to delve deep into anything. My wife and I are expecting a baby, so we've been preparing for that, and which has been the best. Since I haven't really had a whole lot of time to delve super deep into any deep stories or anything like that, um, or binge any kind of game at all. And so just kind of playing here and there for a little bit um, when I've got a spare hour or two to chill. Um, and so, you know, that being said, I'm not playing Elden Ring, which is like, 
you really have to like it's not relaxing is what i'm saying it's not a relaxing game you have to kind of buckle your your britches down and just go for it with those types of games um this is not like that lego star wars it is really easy and it at times can seem sort of tedious but because it's so familiar because it's star wars because it's so familiar and because it's star wars it's very much uh, relaxing. It's very, very relaxing to just to sit down, play some Lego Star Wars. You're kind of like, oh, let's go after this uh, collectible. Oh, let's fight Darth Maul. Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Um, and then, you know, and then my wife walks in and goes, oh, you're playing Lego Star Wars? Can I play? I'm like, heck yeah, grab a controller, push a button. And then she's in. She's playing levels right along with me. We don't have to go into any menus or anything. Super, super nice. I've already played with three other people and they were all just very you know very easily jumped right in and started playing oh no seven other people because my brother-in-law um and my two nephews also came and were playing who are four and five so they were like sort of just looking at the ceiling most of the time but good times anyway they were <laughs> they were like addicted to the game like, when are we gonna play like a lego game again lego game lego game it got to the point where we were kind of like okay if you bring up the lego game again we're never going to play um, but anyway they we let them play a little bit later because they were sort of goodish boys and so anyway um so yeah i've played it with seven other people um and not at once, just kind of, you, it's only two player, but, um, it's just nice to have a couch co-op game again. Um, it takes two was my 2021 game of the year that came really rocked. Um, and that was one that you need two people. I mean, it's called, it takes two. So playing at one player would be silly. You have to play with two, I believe. Um, that game was just so stinking good that it, you know, but it required a certain amount of, commitment i'd say from both players from player one and player two a certain commitment that's really i guess uh it's relaxing but it's it's very cooperative and like the puzzles are kind of hard some of them are kind of hard um when you're communicating with your partner whoever you're playing with or whatever um, but that game was just so dynamic and so fun and there was nothing really like it well the lego games are sort of sort of like that, but it's just so much nicer to be able to jump in and jump out whenever you kind of want to. Um, like I said, you know, your friend has to go to the restroom. They're like, oh, I'll be right back in 30 seconds. Or they're like, I'm going to go grab a, a soda or a can of um, chicken nugget juice or something. And they can leave and they'll, you know, be out for one minute while you're flying some ship in Lego Star Wars. And then they come back and push a button and then they're flying a ship too. So it's like, Man, it's just so nice. It's just so nice. Um, anyway, so that being said, I, Lego Star Wars is so much easier for me to just kind of jump in and jump out as well. Just kind of throw on the PlayStation now that it boots up in like no time at all. Um, play on some Lego Star Wars and like, oh, we're going somewhere? Okay, cool. Pause, quit, go. See ya. There's no like, oh, let me finish this part. It's like, oh, Lego Star Wars, it doesn't really matter. Um, cause I can just jump in and jump out whenever, which is super, super nice. Um, it's kind of convenient in that way. Um, other games are not that way. Um, other games are, like I said, serious commitments. Um, 
But not just in the type of game, but how big games are too. There's kind of a commitment aspect to it. Uh, like I've also been playing some Horizon Forbidden West lately. Um, and that game is really, really big. But it's like it's like so big to the point where it's so big and so unfamiliar because it's like a brand new story that it's like... I don't know. Like it just isn't as relaxing because you just have to think a lot more. <laughs> I know that sounds silly. You have to think more, but I mean, that's the way it is. And you really don't have to think a whole lot with Lego star Wars. And that's just so refreshing. Um, also the map in some other games that I've played like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or um, uh horizon um zero west horizon forbidden west those games the maps are so huge it's like oh this is super cool how big this map is but at times it seems like too big like it just seems like overwhelmingly large like it's just too big to even want to go and explore everything it just seems like too much work and that's really just kind of the where i am in video games right now is like I just want to sit down and relax. And some video games just seem like too much work. I don't want to work. I've been working all day, working most evenings. I got a, an hour or two to sit around and do nothing. I don't want to work then too. So I just want to relax and play a game. And so, you know, some games are like that. But Lego Star Wars, is it's like it's big enough to keep me coming back to play more and do things I haven't done yet. But it's small enough and familiar enough to keep my interest without getting overwhelmed or uninterested in the game, um, which is very, very cool. Um, there's so many different kinds of levels in the game. Like It's not just like a rinse and repeat. You do this, you beat this movie, you go back, you do that, you beat the rinse. I mean, you go through the Star, the star Wars story, um, which is really kind of fun. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. There's good, lots of good different levels. You play as so many different characters. I think there's like 400 characters you can play as, which is pretty crazy. Um, we haven't really unlocked a whole lot yet. We're just trying to get through the story so we can go back and do some some free play stuff. But uh, yeah, man, Star Lego, Lego games are so good at mocking whatever uh, licensed characters that they're using. Like in, in this case, they're so good at mocking Star Wars movies but they're not making too much fun of them. Like it's it's shedding light on some goofy things. I mean, it's Legos, right? Um, but something that's nice about this too is um, a lot of people didn't really like that because the first couple Lego games, the Lego characters never talked. They just kind of grunted. <laughs> like that was kind of all the sounds that they made. But you could kind of get the gist because you know the story, right? It's it's Star Wars, so you know what's happening in the in the movie. Or what's supposed to happen in the movie. So when it plays out in the cutscene of the Lego game. And they're just kind of going. You know. I mean it works. Because it's just funny that way. Well, I'm not sure what game it was. Or what year or whatever. But they went away from that. And started having real voice actors come. And voice act different things. And there's some. Uh, some gamer. Um, peoples. Some Lego fanatics. I guess you could call them. Some some fans, um, Keelan included, who just would rather have it back to the mumbly sort of goofy thing again. It's like a, 
you know, it's less work. You don't necessarily have to listen to real people. You just have to play a goofy game and be reminded of how your childhood, how that, how it's, how it was when you got a new Lego set from your parents and made it on a Saturday morning. You made it in your living room and then played with them. And, you know, you're holding them on the table going, Um, and, you know, it just kind of reminds you of that. So that is an option. You can play that version of this, um, which is super, super cool. You can turn it off and on whenever you want to. So that's super nice. Um, I don't have a whole lot of um, bad things to say. One I will say is... um, when you're playing side by side with people, you have to play vertically. So the split screen will split in the very middle from top to bottom. And so one person will be on the left and one person will be on the right instead of one person on the top and one person on the bottom. Um, and I wish that there was an option to switch that because I cannot stand playing left to right, but that is the only way you can do it. And some of the levels are challenging to see anything because the, Um, there's a lot of like open world exploration type, big, uh, not menu, big, um, set pieces in this, like Coruscant, you go to Coruscant and you can literally like go to like three or four different levels of like the Coruscant financial district and, or like Kashyyyk, you can go and hang out with all the Wookiees and climb a bunch of trees and all this kind of stuff. Um, instead of progressing the story, you can just go and, and do that. Um, and so that's kind of hard to do when you have just, just, you can barely see your character and then everything around it is kind of small. But anyway, it's kind of my only gripe with the game. I'm probably going to play it right after I finish recording this, um, cause it's that fun. So anyways, um, that is my, my gaming nerddom for you for today. So that, that takes care of the Star Wars side of things. Um, I wish 7, 8, 9 were as good as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. But you know what? We've already talked about that on the show, and so we won't go there. Next, we're going to talk about another thing that's very near and dear to my heart. Harry Potter. Except we're not talking about Harry Potter. We're talking about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, This is the third Fantastic Beasts movie. Um, this one directed by David Yates, written by J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves. Uh, the screenplay is that that is uh, starring Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, Ezra Miller, Dan Fogler, Mads Mikkelsen, and a few other human beings who did great, um, sorta. And yeah, so J.K. Rowling helped write the screenplay. Obviously, she wrote all of the Harry Potter books, um, and then has sort of in my opinion, forced these Fantastic Beast stories upon us. Um, I'm just going to cut to the quick here. Um, this is not, this is, this is, uh, this is a good, this is not good. It's not a good movie. <laughs> I guess I couldn't really cut to the quick. This movie was not good. Um, I'm going to start with all the things that were not good in it. Um, yeah, like a lot. I'm just going to adjust my chair. So I just kind of I just kind of leaned forward here. We're about to get into it. We're about to get real into it. So here's the thing. This has I'm going to tell you the ratings of it right now. It has a 6.5 on IMDb, an 84% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and the Rotten Tomatoes uh critic score is a 47%. So 
um, mixed mixed uh, feelings about it. Um, I would think that if this is your favorite Wizarding World movie of all time, you are probably um, out of your mind. You are not uh, sentient at that point. I think you would probably be a droid from Star Wars if you thought that. Um, so this movie is called The Secrets of Dumbledore. Dumbledore played, again, it's a younger Dumbledore played by Jude Law again. Um, it's called Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of silly because the movie doesn't really have a whole lot of Fantastic Beasts in it. And the movie's not really about the secrets of Dumbledore either. I don't even really know what the movie's about. It's about like, it's maybe it's about like really bad, dumb, uh, wizard politics. And I say dumb not because there's politics involved. I just mean the execution of the politics in the movie are just really boring. Like they're just really, it just seems like what on earth there's no like real hierarchy of any of this. It's like, you know, people, I guess, bring their leaders of whoever wants to lead the wizarding world. And then some, uh, chilling, chilling, I don't even know what it's called. Some little creature that looks like, um, a mix between a baby deer and, um, the water horse, that one water horse movie with the Loch Ness monster. It looks like kind of a combination of the two, which is pretty weird. Um, but whoever it bows to is the leader. Um, yeah. So that is the only reason this has fantastic beasts in the title because there's a little critter guy, a chill childling childling child chilling i don't know what it's called uh, but it's one of those little dudes who who's just like i'm gonna bow to this human uh and that means that they're honorable and trustworthy and pure of heart and they should then lead the wizarding world and so i just thought that that was um kind of shoehorned in there it just seemed like Something that they added in post-production because they weren't sure. Oh, wait, this movie's kind of called Fantastic Beasts. So maybe we should like uh, put a little fawn in there. And so that's what they did. Um, so pretty weird. I'm not really sure why it has Dumbledore in the title either. Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, what's the secret? Uh it's it's titled the secrets of dumbledore so dumbledore comes out as gay in this and he has some sort of past relationship with grindelwald which i mean say what you want about it i guess but it it, it just had it, it's like there's no reason for it it's just there because it's like a inclusion thing or i don't even really know it but but that's the secret I guess of Dumbledore there. I was expecting there to be like other secrets. Like maybe Dumbledore isn't as good a guy as we thought he was. Maybe he, you know, I was hoping for some backstory on Dumbledore. Maybe he had his bouts with some darker magic or something, you know, cause him and Grindelwald used to be really, really close. They used to be lovers 
and Grindelwald's a bad dude. So it's like, I kind of thought Dumbledore was going to have some kind of, I mean, it's, it's in his past, right? Played by Jude Law. So this is way before Harry Potter, but I was expecting there to be, you know, this quote unquote, the secrets of Dumbledore. I was expecting it to be like Dumbledore used to be a bad dude and then he came around. Um, and now, you know, that would be a cool redemption story where it's like he used to be this bad guy. Then he realized, Oh wait, I shouldn't do this. And then he becomes like, you know, headmaster of Hogwarts later in his life and all this stuff and helps save the world with Harry Potter, you know, all that good stuff. But no, the secrets of Dumbledore just means that he used to, um, uh, be in love with the bad guy. And so because of that, it's like, they can't fight each other because they don't want to fight each other because they have the history, but it's like the things that they're going towards, uh, you know, their, their values, I guess, where they're going in their lives just don't add up. And so they have to be against each other. And that was like the whole thing. It's like, why name a movie, the secrets of Dumbledore, if that's it, you should name it. You should name it, uh, fantastic beasts, well, I guess the second one was called Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald. But this one should be called Fantastic Beast. Uh, no, this one should just be called Grindelwald. Really. It should just be called Grindelwald. Because the whole thing is just about Grindelwald. And then Eddie Redmayne's character and Don Fogler's character. So um, Newt Scamander and Jacob Kowalski are just shoehorned into this movie like oh yeah because it's a fantastic beast movie and i guess these characters are pretty cool so we'll just add them in here but then dumbledore doesn't isn't even really on screen for that much of the time dude i just don't i just don't know i don't think this movie really just it just really doesn't know what it's about i and i don't really know what it's about um and so yeah um there's the movie's literally titled The Secrets of Dumbledore. Anyway, I feel like I've said this a lot, but it just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and like I said, the pol- politics is like a big part of this movie, but the politics is so lame. Like you remember how good the politics was in the prequel Star Wars movies, like in um, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. The politics I really enjoy because it all really makes sense, and it's like. You know, it's like the fall of a republic slash democracy, and it's like a a rise of an empire. You know, it's like a really cool shift in how all of that happens. And I just like all the politics, and it all really makes sense. And they kind of lay it all out for you, and it all just kind of makes sense because it's based off of something we know. But the politics in Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore is just. Uh, the wizarding world just kind of elects wizards and witches somehow. And then they all have a dinner party and then all kind of sneer at each other at the dinner party. And then, uh, a fawn bows to someone and that's how they get elected. It's like, wait, what? Like it just doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so it was very fantastic, but fantastically stupid and not thought out, not thought out. It's very just silly. Um, I will say the visuals in this movie are, they're fine, I guess, if you like gray. Uh, there's just a lot of gray. The whole movie's just kind of grayish. Um, 
and it's not really there's nothing really that fun in it visually like harry potter all eight of the movies there's like something visually very fun in it it's all just so fun and that's what makes them so good this is just really not fun it's just not fun at all it's not visually fun the characters aren't fun the plot's lame not fun um it's just boring boring drab um and yeah um I'll get into the magic in this a little in a little bit. But first let's talk about um what in the heck is going on with this character Grindelwald. So Grindelwald has now been played by three different people in three movies. So Colin Farrell plays this character in the first Fantastic Beasts movie that ends up being this real bad guy named Grindelwald. So then Grindelwald he takes off a ma- Colin Farrell takes off his mask and ends up being um, Johnny Depp who plays Grindelwald. And then all the uh, all the stuff came out about uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and everyone jumped to conclusions and said Johnny Depp's the worst. And so they kicked him out of the franchise. And then Grindelwald now is played by Mads Mikkelsen. So let me just say first of all that Mads Mikkelsen is great in this movie. He's great in this movie. He's a very, very good bad guy, and he plays Grindelwald very, very well. And um, I think that if they had had him play Grindelwald all three movies, there might be a little bit better cohesion here. Um, That's nothing against Johnny Depp. I think the guy is a great actor. He just doesn't really fit that part, I don't think. Um, But anyway, it's just so freaking confusing. It's like, okay, Grindelwald's played by Colin Farrell, and then in the second movie, he's played by, you know, these movies are so crazy. They don't know what they're about. Just change every actor for every character, and it would probably be about the same. They'd probably make the same amount of money, probably still have a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I feel like I'm just ranting at this point, but this movie's really not good. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, Man. So now let's get into the... Um, sort of magic of the movie. Um, so magic, like I said about uh, the Harry Potter movies, magic is fun in those movies. Like magic is super fun. Like, oh shoot, I accidentally made that kid's arm jello. Or, oh shoot, uh, Ronald, Ronald Weasley is now spewing slugs. Oh, shoot, I can make this thing where I can make a Patronus that gets these Death Eaters away. Or I can, uh, you know, magic is super fun. Or I can make a car fly. Or, you know, all this stuff is just so fun that it's like, and, and they're kids, and everything's just so fun. And it's like, when the bad stuff happens, it's like, oh, crap, this is, this this stuff's about to get real. Um, well, this movie, Fantastic Beast Secrets of Dumbledore, is not fun. It's not fun. The magic in it is not fun. And the magic isn't even... It's not It's not magical. It's just kind of there. It's just kind of like... Weird. It, it's almost like... It's almost like... Fantastic Beasts is like... Uh, supposed to be for... Um, adults, I guess, adult fans, but it's not, it's lame. (laughs) It's like sort of a kid's movie, 
And then, anyway, the only fan... I said this already, so that's that's the magic. That's the magic part of it. It's not magical. It's just kind of there. There's nothing super... I don't know. There's nothing super imaginative in it. Um, it's all... Harry Potter's all about imagination and how what you can imagine. I bet there's a spell for it and you can, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then crap hits the fan and he's like, oh crap, I actually have to save the world, right? That's Harry Potter and that's how awesome it is. Um, but this is like, the magic is kind of just, it's just so boring. It's just unimaginative. There's no imagination any imagination in the movie is just feels like it happened in post-production in five minutes because they're like, Oh wait, no, maybe that doesn't make as much sense. Let's just throw a fawn in there who has to, um, bow to someone to, for them to become the leader of the, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just don't know. I just feel like all the characters are just so, it's just, I don't know, man. Here's the thing. I saw this movie, I was at a an event for my work, and I got to see this movie for free, which I'm very happy about because I would not pay to watch this movie. Do not go watch this movie. Please don't see it in the theater and pay to see it because if you do pay to see it, that it means that there's a bigger chance that we'll have to watch another one and another one. Apparently, they've slated three more of these. And Grindelwald's probably going to be played by three more different people because they just don't know how to do it. <sighs> I guess that's a spoiler that Grindelwald doesn't die at the end of this, but um, there you go. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, man. There's just there's just so much weird, goobery stuff in this. Um, and it's just... I'm just so glad I didn't have to pay for it because um, it was free. Um, and so this movie just really doesn't know what it's about. I remember the first Fantastic Beasts movie called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them um, was really kind of playful. It had that sort of playful, magical sort of thing, and it really was just about Fantastic Beasts. I'm not a huge Eddie Redmayne fan. Um, I think he's fine, um, but as a headliner, he's really not that great. Uh, Dan Fogler, who plays Jacob Kowalski, really stole the show in the first Fantastic Beasts movie, um, and... So the first one I think is pretty good. Like it's it's a lot of fun. It's not on the same playing field as Harry Potter in any stretch of the imagination, but it's uh you know, it's fine. It's it's good enough to sort of watch and hang out with. Um but then yeah, I just I just don't really know. I just don't really know to be honest. I just don't know. I really don't. Excuse me. Oh. It's been a long week. It's been a long week where I was forced to watch Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore for two and a half hours. And there's this part that I'll talk about. There's this part where it's like, okay, this is the Fantastic Beasts part of the Fantastic Beasts movie. This is the part where the kids will laugh at. There's this part where there's these like little... Uh, Eddie Redmayne's character, Newt Scamanda, is trying to go and, and save his brother, I guess, who's like in a weird dungeon thing where there's a giant crab scorpion who eats people, I guess. Um, well, there's these like little mini crab scorpion things who are like kind of running around 
and they're like hissing at Scamander's character or Scamander Redmain's character and they're like hissing at him and so he like all of a sudden starts like walking like an idiot. He starts walking sideways like a crab, like a complete idiot and so then they all start following him and then that scene just goes on for like 10 minutes and he just kind of waddles around with them um, which I thought was uh it was out of place. It was kind of stupid. It it would make sense if it was like, look, if that was in like Harry Potter 1, Harry Potter 1, Harry Potter 2, and Ron and Hermione and Harry are like, oh, I read it in a book that you have to, in my, you know, such and such class, in my Beasts book, that you have to kind of walk like them so that they think that you're, you know, part of their crew or whatever. And they start doing it because they're kids. That'd have been great, but hilarious. But no, this is like in the middle of this dark Secrets of Dumbledore gay fantasy movie with terrible acting and bad magic and gray scale everything. In the middle of that, you just are forced to watch Eddie Redmayne uh, sort of sidestep around like a crazy large oversized crab thing. And that saves the day for some reason. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Huh. I don't know. I think I think there's I think there's something to say about this where it's like I wonder if whoever makes this, I think it's Warner Brothers. I wonder if Warner Brothers just be, they have to keep the rights of the wizarding world. And in order to do that, they have to make a movie every couple of years or something like that. They have to release something. If that's what it is, then, I mean, that would make sense. It's just a, it's just a cash grab. It's just so that they can make Warner brothers can make money off of the wizarding world, uh, brand, right? The new game coming out, um, the, um, uh, Hogwarts Legacy game that's supposed to come out later this year and some other stuff. Maybe they're just trying to make money. I mean, that's what movies are, right? But at least try. You know, at least try. <sighs> this movie just doesn't know what it's about. This really doesn't know what it's about. They're supposed to make three more. Here's the thing. That's the bad, okay? Here's the good. There's three points that are good in this movie. Three things that are good. Three notable Things that did not make it completely the worst movie I've ever seen. Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald, he's great. He really is. He steals the show. I'm sure his back hurts from carrying the entire movie on his back. Um, He's probably going to go need to see a doctor for that. Um, And then Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski. I said it about the first movie, um, and I'll say it about this one too. It... The guy just steals the show, man. He's just, he's funny. He's likable. Every other character is like, I really don't care about them, except for Grindelwald, played by Mads Mikkelsen. Those guys really stole the show. They did great. Every time they were on screen, I was like, oh, this is like, okay, okay, something cool might happen. Well, I mean, it didn't because the plot's bad, but those characters at least kept me wanting to continue watching the movie, um, and so that's good. Um, their acting was good. Eddie Redmayne was uh, the same weird not great um, leading actor that he 
is. Uh, Jude Law was boring because they didn't do anything for him. They didn't write anything depth-wise into his character at all. Um, he had probably 40 lines in the whole movie. Didn't talk a whole lot. Um, so I'm not sure why it's named after him, but I've said that before. Um, so those are the two of the three points. Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald, Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, and those two... Um, are some of the good things. The other the the other good thing about this movie is that it's super forgettable. It's super forgettable. Why is that good? Uh, so I don't have to watch it ever again because it's real bad. I wish the Fantastic Beasts, at least n- numbers two and three, did not exist in the Wizarding World because they're they're real bad um, and they just don't know what they're about. And it just seems like it's not made with care, like Harry Potter was made with such care and whatnot. So 6.5 on IMDb, 84% audience score, which is very, very generous, and a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to have to give this movie a 42% um, for me. 42%, um, which is a fat, fat fail. Um, It was bad. Don't pay money to see it. If someone puts it on the TV... I guess watch it. Okay, maybe you're a parent and you're thinking, should I have my kids watch it? This is pretty dark. Um, and like I said, the magic isn't like imaginative and magical. It's kind of just boring. So it's kind of a darker Harry Potter sort of wizarding world movie. So I don't know if you should let your kids. I would pre-screen it first if I was you, if I was a parent. Um, yeah, it's just not quite what it should be or it just shouldn't be you know well that'll do it that's that's what we have for you this week tune in two weeks from now where we will have a review for another movie i'm pretty sure it will be Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. I'm pretty sure that's what we're doing next, so don't forget to tune into that. Thank you so much for all of our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to support us there um, and help us out with the show, um, we'd love it if you would. Um, Support us financially. Uh, Thank you to those of you who do. You guys rock. Um, You can go there and support us. Patreon.com slash Flicks and Clicks. Also follow us on Instagram. Uh, where we post some things every once in a while and uh, just have a good time reviewing movies and talking games every once in a while. So thanks so much for all that, and uh, you guys rock. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Flicks and Clicks. We'll catch you on the flippy flip. I thought maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something. <laughs>